This is Truth and Focus, your radio program for worldview talk and issues that matter, with Josh Cumston and Gordon Teeson, broadcasting from the studio at Nebraska Christian Schools. Welcome to Truth and Focus. I'm Gordon Teeson. This week, my co-host, Josh Cumston, is not with us, but in the studio, I have Pastor Paul Nauman. Welcome to the program today, Paul. Thank you. Very, very good to be with you. This morning, Paul gave the message at Nebraska Christian for our chapel service. And so I want to take just a few minutes in our studio before we play the sermon in its entirety for our listeners, just to talk to you, Paul, a little bit about your ministry, the things you're involved with. You've been Stockham Church for many years and also involved with Christian Resource Center. And if you maybe could start by talking to our listeners about what you do with the Resource Center. Christian Resource Center was started in 1976 is when we incorporated. I came back to work the, uh, the, my father-in-law had 40 acres and he gave it to the Lord in the early 50s. And in the 70s, I moved back to help him fulfill a dream to use it for some type of ministry. He loved nature and nature studies and planted trees and it's a beautiful 40 acres. And we moved back to start Christian Resource Center in 1975 and incorporated in 76. And we have been having a ministry there since 1976. We're involved in youth ministry. In the summer, we have day camps, not cabins and and cafeterias but day camps for the local you know the schools in the area the communities we have junior high day camp as well and then a high school travel camp where we are gone for 10 or 11 days we charter a bus and we camp in the national parks and uh, we'll see everything in one of three routes we have all the way from Grand Canyon to Banff, Canada, and everything in between in one of our routes we'll cover. This year we'll be going to the Black Hills and to Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons and a whitewater raft trip and just see some really amazing things. And we always do that in July. And so we take high schoolers and about 50 high schoolers and it's been a wonderful experience. Probably the best thing in ministry that I've ever been involved with is travel camp. And uh, God provides all the beauty and the scenery, and we bring the Word along, and He just talks to us in our Bible times each day. Now, you're located near Giltner. We're two miles east of Giltner. Okay, and you have students from all over the area, correct? Right. So yes. you'd pull from... Aurora, Central City, Grand Island probably. Hampton, Sutton, Harvard, Donovan. You know, within about a 20, 25 mile radius is where we have ministry to and have had over the years. And we have Bible studies for youth and program called Rock Solid, a Bible study that my associate Jordan Grantham teaches on Saturday, every other Saturday. But then we also do speaking and we've done some counseling in the area and wherever the local churches need help, we try to be there to provide for them. What's the uh, best way for our listeners to contact you about those camps? Christian Resource Center, I believe it's .info. We have a website, and the registrations are on that. We do have a, a website. The, um, the registrations and the dates and places like that are on it. Tell a little bit about our ministry. Well, good. And, and for our listeners, they can always contact Nebraska Christian Schools, and we can make sure they get connected, nebraskachristian.org. So we're always glad to do that. Tell us a little bit about your church. You actually planted, you were just telling us that you planted a church many years ago and 
and tell us about this. Actually, the church I'm at used to be, for many years, Stockham Bible Church, which had a wonderful mm -hmm. ministry and a good, solid, fundamental church. But as happens, the community drifted away, and the kids went away to college and didn't come back, and the church finally reached the point of uh, closing. And it was closed about a year, and then Herb Rosehart Sr. from Aurora, who had pastored there, went down as an interim pastor with about 20 people, and they reopened the church. And he mm -hmm. served two years, and then he passed away and Lee Launcer came and pastored two years and went away to Bible college to get more training. And then I came in 1977 and have been there ever since. Well, we're going to listen to your message in just a moment, but let me ask, what was your thinking about bringing this message here at Nebraska Christian Schools? What were you trying to get across to the students today? Just that they are embarking on a journey, especially your seniors, they're going to be embarking on a journey. And the ultimate goal is to our Father's house. But in between is our life story. Like the Titanic, so many people feel we're invincible and life is all about my pleasure, life, liberty, and a pursuit of my happiness. The Titanic, to me, had everything going, all the technology and all of, and the radio to get the warnings, but they didn't listen. Instead of changing course, they sailed into the ice field, and they never thought they would sink, and they did. And, and that can happen to Christian kids, and it's happening to our culture all the time, is that God has given us warnings to avoid certain areas of life, and we sail right into those, and then we wonder why we hit the icebergs. With that, let's listen to Paul's message. My wife went to Nebraska Christian in the, in the 60s. And I have nephews and uh, have had nieces over the years that have come to this wonderful place. What a privilege you have to be at a school that talks about worldview. All schools, public schools, have worldviews too. The trouble is they never take the time to think about it. We're going to do that this morning a little bit. Going to tell a story. Jesus, if you read the Gospels and you understand the teaching, taught a lot with stories. Because a story is something that you're going to remember. A story is something designed to, to be remembered. And he would tell parables. And a parable is a story from life that is taken alongside a spiritual truth. And when you're done, that story will help you understand the spiritual reality. I'm going to tell you a story. It's not a parable because parables weren't true necessarily. Once upon a time, there was a man, you know, went on a journey. A man that lost his coin and his sheep, etc. Those were just stories to illustrate a truth. But this morning, I'm going to tell you a true story. And it's a story that happened a long time ago. And it's a story that uh, you are also living right now. You are at an incredible time in your life. You are preparing to embark upon a journey. I embarked upon my journey in 1965, the turbulent 60s. Quite a time, quite a time to leave high school and to uh, move out into the world, to leave the comfort and the safety of the harbor of my home. And I'm a pastor's son and uh, lived in a great Christian home. But there comes a time when you embark upon your journey to become what God has called you to be. And the story that I'm going to tell you this morning is one that you're all familiar with. And they've made movies about this story. Some of you have maybe in somewhere heard me talk about this story before. But I find it very helpful in understanding the Christian life. And it takes place in 1911. But we're going to be thinking of the late 1800s and the early 1900s. And there had tremendous change had happened in the world. The Industrial Revolution had taken place. We've gone from sailing ships to steamships. The area of flight is not quite developed yet, but steamships. The way to get from Europe to the United States. On a sailing ship, it would take months. And often the little ships didn't even make it because of the storms. But with the coming of the steamship, everything changed. There were several major steamship lines that were competing and getting from Europe 
to the United States. The big prize at that time was to be the biggest and the fastest. People would pay a great deal of money to be on the biggest and the fastest. And the steamship companies promised you the ultimate in luxury. If you remember the old sailing ships, they weren't luxurious at all. In fact, it was a miserable way to travel. But when you come to the steamliners, all of a sudden things changed. You might have some idea where I'm going to go this morning with the steamship in 1911. I'm going to be talking about the Titanic. And you know, at that time, the competition between the various ocean liner companies was tremendous. And they were building, and engineering was really making progress. And the ships were bigger and better and faster and had every kind of luxury you could want. There was a steamship line that was going to build three of the very best in the world. The first of these was the Titanic. She had every technology advance that was available at the time. She had everything you could possibly want. It was the very first ship to ever have a swimming pool on the ship. She was about three full 100-yard football fields long, about 900 feet long. She had nine different decks where people would stay and different, different classifications of people would stay on this ship. She was designed to be unsinkable. You know, before, if you punctured a ship and it would fill with water and it would go down, but the Titanic was developing something brand new, and it gave them a tremendous sense of security. They built watertight compartments, which had never been before in ships. Now they're common. But at that time, it was new. But it was, the idea was that if I puncture the ship, one or two of the watertight compartments might flood, but the rest of them would hold me up. The engineer who designed the Titanic said God himself could not sink the ship. Not good to say something like that. The party was set. Some of the wealthiest people in the world bought tickets from England to come to the United States. They wanted to be on the maiden voyage of the Titanic. And the bands were playing and the fanfare was given and they embarked. They began their journey. And for the first few days, everything went perfectly. This was the perfect ship. The ship had one thing that ships were just starting to have on the Atlantic, wireless radio. And you could communicate for hundreds of miles over the wireless radios, and you could talk back and forth. The Titanic had wireless radio, and she had men on duty 24 hours a day in the little room where the radio was. But you know, the captain of the Titanic, he was the number one captain in this ship line. He was out and his people had impressed upon him that you're the set the record from England to New York. And so they were cruising along at top speed. And it was very fast considering you know, how far back we're going in history. And everything was going fine. But you know, the radio operators started to hear something over the radio. And they began to hear warnings that in the shipping line between Britain and New York, ice had come down where it didn't usually come and was in the shipping lanes. And that night, there were seven different warnings that came in from other ships who were up ahead of the Titanic. And they were in the lines, and they could see the icebergs were there. There's ice. And they were sending warnings. And you know, all this captain had to do was change his course. But if he changed his course, he wouldn't be the best, and he wouldn't be the fastest, and it wouldn't be the biggest. And besides, the Titanic is unsinkable. The Titanic will never go down. God himself couldn't sink the Titanic. Well, you probably all remember the, uh, the story. 2,300 passengers and crew on the Titanic, and they didn't listen to the warnings. And when they finally got to where the icebergs were, they hit an iceberg, 
And it went alongside the iceberg, and it put a, a, a quarter-inch gap all the way down the side of the ship. So instead of puncturing it and having one or two, they all began to flood. And you know the story, if you've seen the movie or read anything about the Titanic, over a period of hours, she filled with water, and she went down. She went down. Didn't have enough lifeboats, didn't have enough life jackets for all the passengers. They weren't required by law at that time to do that. A number of people got off the boat, but they died in the water. And what's the story about, Paul? Why would you tell these people this story? You're about to embark upon a journey. And our world is telling you, you guys pursue life, liberty, and the pursuit of your own happiness. It's your life, and it's your freedom, and you pursue your happiness. They are promising you the voyage of your life. And when you leave your high school years, you are going to embark on a journey that ultimately will lead to your father's house. But in between is the life that we live. In between is the life that we live. And I want you to understand that the Christian life is not an option. It's an absolute necessity. Why? Because there's icebergs. And you may think that I'm, you know, 18 years of age and I've finished and I've got a wonderful degree and I have a right worldview and I'm setting sail and I'm telling you there's icebergs in the shipping lanes. There's icebergs in the shipping lanes. Does the Bible talk about anything that would be similar to that? I believe it does. If you have a Bible and want to come with me to 2 Timothy chapter 3. 2 Timothy chapter 3. God is giving a warning to you. God is giving a warning to me. And he is saying, Paul Nauman, I have a wonderful life for you. In fact, I've come, my son's come that you might have life and might have it more abundantly. And I know, Paul, that at the end of your journey, if you will follow my instructions, I will lead you to my father's house and you will be safe there forever. 2 Timothy chapter 3 is the warnings that comes over the wireless. But realize this, realize this in the last days, which biblically we are in those last days. We are in the last season of God's program. We are waiting for the book of Revelation to come into play. So we are in those last days, difficult time. He says, realize this, that in the last days, difficult times will come. The word difficult means menacing or dangerous. You're living in the best of times. Incredible the things that you guys can experience. You've got the whole world in the palm of your hand, don't you? With the new technologies that we have. There are incredible things to see and experience, but it's also an incredibly dangerous time. I thought the 60s were tough with the advocate of the drug culture and, and free sex and all the things that went along with it. But I think the times in which you guys are being launched is an even more dangerous time because it's more subtle. The captain understood that there was icebergs ahead, but he didn't slow down and he didn't change because he thought it'll never happen to me. This ship won't sink. It's the best in the world. It's the safest in the world. This says that in your time, you guys, menacing times will come. Men are going to be lovers of self. In my years in life and ministry, the self-esteem movement, where we have shifted from looking at Christ as our, our example to where I'm my example. I'll be what I want to be. You have no right to tell me what I want to be. We've become very selfish, where my focus is on me, my pursuit, my life, my pursuit of my happiness. Men are going to be lovers of self, and you are in a world where they measure everything by what it means to you. Truth is relative. There's your worldview. And everybody gets to pick whatever view you want to make it to the end of your journey. And I'm telling you this morning, there's, there's icebergs in the shipping lanes. Lovers of self and lovers of money, boastful and arrogant. 
Boastful is verbal and arrogant is my attitude. I don't care what you think. I only care about me and mine. That's the world you're being launched into. That's the world you're being launched into. Revilers means blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Things really changed in the 50s and 60s when I was growing up. Our culture began to tell our teenagers in my generation, you don't need to listen to your parents. You don't need to listen to your church. You don't need to listen to the police. You don't need to worry about laws. The restrictions of all the generations that went ahead of you, you can throw those off because you're free to set your own course, your own life and your own liberty and your own pursuit of happiness. Disobedient to parents. I am grateful for my parents. I hope you are grateful for yours. My parents put a GPS system in my life, a God positioning system. It's the scriptures. And I have a source of truth outside of myself that I will learn to trust. And we'll talk about that in a minute. Disobedient to parents, ungrateful. I have noticed a huge change in the culture that we take for granted. We demand things. It's my right to have that. And if you have it and I want it, you give it. Are you seeing that in our politics right now? You're living in a world where people are ungrateful. The Apostle Paul said, I've learned in whatever state I'm in, whether I have a lot or a little, I've learned to be happy and content. Are you grateful for what you have? Because the world is going to try to keep you from being grateful. They're going to always say there's something more. Advertising is designed on having you get the different one, the new one, the upgraded one. Ungrateful. Do you tell people thank you? Do you thank your staff here? It's a sacrifice to teach here. It's a privilege, but it's a sacrifice for them. You ever said thank you, coach? Thank you, teachers? Thank you, janitors? Or do we just take it for granted? They provide what we need. Ungrateful. It's going to mark the time. It's a world in which you live. And I've seen it. I've been in youth ministry 45 years. And I've seen a change in the culture that comes up. And you guys of all people who bear the image of the king should be grateful for the things that we have. Our world, an iceberg, is ungratefulness, unholy. See, I believe life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness ultimately should be life, liberty, and the pursuit of holiness. Because holiness will take me away from the icebergs. Happiness may not. It may lead me right into the iceberg pack. Unloving. Interesting word, unloving. We know of agape. We know of eros, which is sensual love. We know of phileo, which is brotherly love. But storge is this word, family love. He said in the end times, there's not going to be love in the family. Some of you, I imagine most of you, would like one day to have a family. You're going to grow up in a world where family is not a big issue anymore. Our culture can't even define what a family is. And I sense just living in the world that I have and the years that I spent in ministry, there isn't the love of the family that used to be there. You may, as Christians, have grown up in a Christian home, but that's very unique in our world. And the iceberg out there is unloving, the lack of love within the family, irreconcilable. Kind of sounds like our political system right now, doesn't it? Malicious gossips, that is gossip with malice. We talk about people with the idea of hurting them. It's really easy to do. Even as a Christian, it's easy to talk about people with malice. That is, that I am not wishing them well. My desire is to harm them. Malicious gossips, without self-control, brutal, haters of good, treacherous, reckless, conceited, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. That is the world you're going out into. And in your pursuit of not only happiness and holiness and your desire to go to your father's house one day, you are going to find in the shipping lanes, in the lanes of your life, these things are going to be there. It's the world you're going out into. This characterizes your world. 
holding to a form of godliness. Yeah, we go to church. There aren't very many professing atheists. Most people would say, yes, I believe in God. And then we live as if there is no God. Professing, okay, holding to a form of godliness, although they've denied its power. Lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. There's incredible pleasurable things available to you. Don't make it a God. Because once you make it a pursuit, it becomes an iceberg. And it doesn't take a very big hole. And all of a sudden, my life is starting to flood. One of the hardest parts of being in the ministry is counseling. I had a young man come in yesterday, and he said, Paul, I'm addicted to pornography. Do you ever start out to do that? No. It's a horrible thing for him. It ruins his walk with God. It ruins his walk with uh, his uh, wife. It's destroying him. And I've known many people. Such a little thing. But then it gets me. And all of a sudden, I've, I've hit that iceberg. And my life begins to sink. Luckily, he says, I need help. I want help. I want somebody to walk with me through this time. Gentlemen, be really careful. It's the best of times and the worst of times. Because sometimes it just takes the one look. And I'm hooked. I've hit the iceberg. I know some men who are no longer in ministry because of that issue. Had beautiful wives, great families, but they couldn't break that hook. It's the world you live in. It's accessible in the palm of your hand. I grew up in San Diego, and you'd have to go down to Tijuana to see those kind of things. Not anymore. You could have it in the dorms. You can have it in your home. There's icebergs in the, in the shipping lanes. And if we're not careful, and if we're not listening to the instructions, if we're not listening to the warnings, then even though you may think that will never happen to me and that will never be a problem for me, they do. I had a daughter that got pregnant out of, out of marriage. She says, Dad, I never intended that. I never wanted to walk away from God. There was just a time in my life in college where I wanted to be the group of friends that I picked. That's what they were doing. Changed her life and our life forever. But you know, God even works that for good. He sent a handicapped daughter to my daughter. Profoundly handicapped. It's the best thing that's ever happened to me. I learned so much from little Marley, who will never be much past a one or two-year-old as far as mentally. And she's nine now. But you know, my daughter hit an iceberg, never set out to, didn't think it would ever happen. She called one Sunday afternoon, said, Dad, I'm pregnant. Icebergs in the shipping lanes. So how can we be safe? What do we do? First of all, come with me to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs. You'll know this. Most of you have it memorized. How can we be safe on my journey? How can I be safe? I understand that God has made my life and He's invested the very best in me. But you know, if I don't listen to the warnings, I'm going to sail on ahead without giving thought to what could possibly be out there. The captain of the Titanic who went down with his ship never thought he'd hit the iceberg. I'm going to set a record. We're having the greatest cruise we've ever had because they were doing very well until they hit the ice field. Proverbs 3 5 and 6. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. You've got to learn to trust the instruments. You've got to learn to trust the GPS. You've got to learn to trust the warning. God and Timothy said, menacing times are coming, and I want you to be aware of what's out there, because if you're not aware and if you don't think carefully about the choices you make, you're going to hit an iceberg in your life. We all know people who have never intended to, wanted to live life to the fullest, but I didn't listen to the warnings. Your pastors, your parents, your teachers, in equipping you with a worldview, with a biblical worldview, they're telling you, here's the distance between England and New York, 
And in the middle, there's icebergs in there, and they're telling you guys right now, you got to be careful. I'm going to launch you in a little bit. You're going to be launched from here and from your homes and from your local churches. You're going to be launched, and you're going to set sail. And here's God saying, listen, listen to the warnings, and I'll get you there safe. I'll get you there safe. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. The trouble with the Titanic is that they were leaning on their own understanding. There were people out there in the middle of the iceberg field and they were radioing ahead that there's ice ahead. They were experiencing it, but the people on the Titanic said, no, you know, we're okay. We're the unsinkable Titanic. And they went full speed ahead. In the dark, they hit an iceberg. Trust in the Lord with all of your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all of your ways, you guys, all of your ways, your sports, your music, your vocation, your relationships, in all of your ways, what does it say? Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. I have a God positioning system. God has given me the route and the warnings to get me safely from here to my father's house. You're going to be tempted when you get out of this environment to not want to listen to this anymore. There will always be that challenge to you guys. I have never, ever, in 45 years of ministry, I've never, ever found the Bible to be false. Every warning it gives is true. Every warning it gives is true. Just flip a page to chapter 4, and I'll do it quickly with you. Verse 10, chapter 4, Proverbs. Hear, Nebraska Christian students, and accept... I know that you will hear some of the finest Bible teaching available here. You will hear it. But then look at what it says next and accept it. I grew up in a Christian home in an evangelical church, and I didn't become a Christian until I was 20 in a Bible college. I had heard it all of my life, but then finally there came to a time where I accepted this, and I put myself under the control of the GPS system. One of the very first things that I wrestled with as a Christian was creation. And once I settled that, that Genesis was true, the rest of it all made sense. You're going to be challenged in the area of Genesis. The world doesn't believe in Genesis 1, 2, and 3. But without it, we don't have a, we don't have a GPS system. Hear my son and accept my sayings. Verse 10, the years of your life will be many. I have directed you. God said, I will direct you in the way of wisdom. I've led you in the upright paths. When you walk, your steps will not be impeded. You won't hit the icebergs. And when you run, you will not stumble. You will not hit the icebergs. Take hold of instruction and do not let go and guard her, for she is your life. Because if you don't listen, there's death ahead. Do not enter into the path of the wicked. Don't enter the ice field. All the captain would have had to do was change his course. It would have made it longer. There's God said some things for you to save it till later. It's a little longer. But if you say, I don't want to wait, you're going to go into the ice field. My daughter did. Say, I don't want to wait. I want it now. God said, no, change your course. Stay away from the icebergs. Avoid it. Verse 15, do not pass by. Turn away and pass on. Verse 18, the path of the righteous, the route of the righteous is like the light of dawn. I don't think the Titanic would have hit the iceberg if it would have been in the daytime, but it hit it at night. The path of the righteous is like having light all the time that shines brighter and brighter until the full day. But the way of the wicked is like the darkness and they do not know over what they stumble. Verse 25, let your eyes look straight ahead and let your gaze be fixed in front of you. Keeping your eye on Jesus, watch the path of your feet and all your ways will be established. Do not turn to the right or the left. You guys are at a time right now where you're going to be challenged to go to the right or the left instead of staying on course. 
It says, do not turn to the right or to the left. Turn your foot from evil. In Joshua, about the same thing about Scripture. It says, uh, don't go to the right or the left. Stay right in the middle of the book. GPS, God positioning system. I'm not used to having high school kids having Bibles in their laps. That's fun. What does it mean to you? Am I going to ignore the warnings? They had seven warnings. Should have never happened. It did. Why? Because they didn't pay attention. They didn't pay attention. So my thought to you guys is, it's a wonderful cruise, but there's dangerous things out there. And without ever intending to, you can hit those things and they can bring your whole life down. Enjoy life. But enjoy it on the journey that God has called you to. You're going to have that choice. You're going to have that choice. The Bible says, choose you this day. Not only who you're going to serve, but who you're going to listen to. You've been listening to a message by Pastor Paul Nauman with Stockham Church. Well, this wraps up the program today. You've been listening to Truth and Focus. For my co-host, Josh Cumston, this is Gordon Thiessen. Thanks for joining us as we encourage, engage, and equip Christians in today's culture war while bringing the truth in focus. Thank you.